guys of the third stringers podcast uh just a couple of average guys with some above average takes uh today uh we're going to talk about the nba playoffs uh and we got a nice interesting question of the day later coming up uh i'm your host uh noah twitter handle noah crotz 10 we've also got justin twitter handle justin arbini and we got josh uh j now am uh, and what's going on, guys? What's up? What's up? Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today? Going hard. All right, let's jump into the news of the day. Um, we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We'll start with uh, probably the biggest names in the sport right now, LeBron and Anthony Davis. Uh, we'll talk about the Suns and Lakers game. Uh, last night, the Suns and Lakers, uh, Suns blew them out 115 to 85. Huge shock to me. Um, so, guys, what are some uh, expectations for the rest of the series? We'll start with uh, Josh. Um, as far as expectations go, I think – I honestly think it hurts me to say it, but I think the Suns definitely look like they're not going to be beat. Um, I think Anthony Davis's injury isn't it – de- well, it doesn't seem like it's anything super serious, but I still think if – if it was serious enough for him to not play in the last game, even if he does come back, I can't imagine he's at 100%. And, I mean, the Suns playing the way they are, I just, as long as they continue to play the way they, they have been, and, I mean, obviously this last game they played better than the rest of the series, but even the game, you know, even the games, the other games in the series, they still played pretty well. Um, so, I don't know, I, I think I think the Suns are are definitely looking promising i think honestly even past this series the suns look like you know they could get to a conference final in my opinion um i would say the last game probably won't happen again i would be shocked if it did um i mean just their their shooting was off the charts they were they were scoring what seemed like every shot watching the game it was pitiful um but yeah, I mean, I think I think even if they don't play as well as they played this last game, I still think that at this point the Suns look like they don't necessarily have it in the bag, but I think they're definitely looking promising. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Justin, what are your some what are your thoughts on it? I think if LeBron James was five years younger, he would have this series. I think he. He is at a point where he wants to take on the world. He he can put the team on his back, but he he just can't anymore. He's, he's too old. I know it hurts me to say that. He's declining. He's a declining star. 
He got 24 points, 7 assists, 5 rebounds. He had half the assists on the team, and he only had 7. And it's just, they can't do it with just him alone, and I know he wants to so bad at this point because he's not getting much help. And it sucks that they lost Anthony Davis for that one game. And even if he does come back, I can't see Anthony Davis doing anything significant. He He didn't do anything too significant the previous few games. So I'm with Josh on it. I think the Suns are probably going to close out this series in game six. Um, I'm not sure how the Suns will do in their next matchup. I think Chris Paul is such a great leader. And I think once Devin Booker gets going, which he basically did last game, like this is going to be a hard team to stop. It's just who their matchup is next for the next series and who they'll be seeing in the finals that really will determine how they're doing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's always speculation with LeBron, right, that he was playing in the easier division when he was over in the East. And to a point, I think that's true. Because, I mean, back then, the East, for like, I don't know, five, six years, there really wasn't another star over there that was competing with him. And, I mean, that's not his fault. Because, I mean, he went to the Heat and he went to the, the Cavs. That he, I think he heard a lot of the a lot of the fans talking. I think he wanted to go to the Lakers, right? And he wanted to go and win a championship to prove them all wrong. And he did that. So I think there's just... I don't think that his heart is fully in it anymore. Like, he wants to go out and he wants to win again. But I don't think it's that drive to prove everybody wrong. Because, I mean, he already did that with Anthony Davis. And without Anthony Davis there to kind of push him, I just think he's kind of over it. And none of his role players are helping him whatsoever. I mean, Drummond last night just looked like he was getting bodied by Aiden. I mean, there's Drummond used to be one of the best centers in the league. And he doesn't look like that at all anymore. He looks like a shell of his former self. So, I don't know. I think I think Suns have this next game. Even if Anthony Davis comes back, he's not going to be 100%. And I think they need 100% from both LeBron and Anthony Davis to win the series. But going off of that, Chris Paul has made such a difference for the Suns. And everywhere he goes, all of the role players and the bench players seem to get better when he's on the team from his leadership. But he's never made a finals performance. Do you think that this is his best chance to make the NBA finals? Uh, we'll start with Justin. This is, yeah, this is definitely his best chance to make it. I can't see him going into next season, even if it's the same team. He's going to be getting, everyone's getting older. Whether you say Devin Booker's going to be getting more into his prime is a debate, but I think this is his best season. Their next matchup he has with either, Nuggets or Trailblazers? I think they can beat the Trailblazers. I think the Nuggets would be a tough matchup just because they're two pretty different style teams. But after that, I think they could beat most, if not all, the teams that would be coming out of the other side of the bracket. Like I think they could beat Utah. I think they could either beat Clippers or Dallas. So I think they have actually like a pretty solid chance of making it to the finals. All right, Josh, what do you think I about it? 
Okay, listen. First of all, I need to go back, okay? Because I will not stand for LeBron slander, okay? He scored 24 points. He had seven assists, like Justin said. If you look at the rest of his team, and Kratzy mentioned it, it wasn't complete slander from you guys, but it was a little bit. I, I, I kind of sensed a hint of slander. The second highest scorer on the Lakers team was Kyle Kuzma. And he didn't have 20, didn't have, he didn't have 20 <laughs> points. He had 15 points. That tells you everything you need to know. This Lakers team, without Anthony Davis, and, and I get people could say, like, oh, you take away one player, how could, you know, even if it is a star, they still have all these other players. This team without Anthony Davis is not that good, right? And if you look at the teams that LeBron's played with in the past, this team without Anthony Davis is probably the worst team he's played with, since I can remember at least, right? And especially when some of the guys who are, who are on the team, they're, they're not that great to begin with, but they're also not playing to what I think they could. Like Schroeder had zero points. What is like 20, 26 minutes? You didn't score a single point. Yeah, that's tough. You missed four threes. That's terrible. And like I said, Kyle Kuzma, second score. That's just bad. So I all and also also getting back into the whole East West thing. I think that that's just one way of looking at it because you know what, LeBron, he was in the East, right? It's super easy, right? The West is better. He goes over to the West. Now let me ask you this: give me give me two favorites to win the championship. Who, the Nets and the Bucks? All I'm saying is he was there, and it was the weak division. He left, and now he's in, the, he's in the weaker division. I don't know. Maybe people are running from him. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. So I just I can't stand for the LeBron slander, okay? I still think he's old, but I think he still has it. I just think that he's naturally not a guy that's going to score like 40, 50 points. That's just not his thing, you know? Yeah. And there's been great players who, like, that's just not their thing. So I don't know how much of it is getting old or how much of it that, like, like, I don't know if he's getting old so he can't perform anymore or if it's just he's getting old so he's unable to, like, force himself to be the guy who tries to score 40 points. You know yeah. what I mean? I think he's lost the storyline, kind of like Kratz was saying. He just doesn't, he doesn't have that passion, that desire anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm yeah, I'm 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 speaking on turn. I don't know the guy obviously, but I feel like he's just in it right <laughs> now. I think truly what I believe he's in it to get the money right now and to um play with his son. I mean, he he's he's getting older, which like you can't. I mean, you can just tell by looking at him. Like he doesn't he definitely doesn't play the same. Um like not even just style, but just just watching him move. But I don't know. I mean, and and my thing too is and I, one of you guys said, I think it was, I think Kratz, you said, like, he still, like, plays with heart. And I definitely think you can't, like, you, even if it's not, like, a heart to, like, win and it's just, like, a, like an ego or, kind of like, you know, an ego being competitive. Because watching the game yesterday, like, he looked very upset with how the game was going. And it did seem like he was, like, still trying to prove himself, even when they were losing by 30. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean... I mean, he did score 24 points. All right. Like, you can't argue. Like, I mean, he still dropped a lot of points. But to be fair, a lot of those were in garbage time where the Suns really weren't playing defense. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But 
But I mean, and, and just my point is, just like last night, his whole team wasn't playing well, but he wasn't playing well either. I mean, he had, I think he had four turnovers in the first like 16 minutes of the game, mm-hmm. which is very unlike him. It just felt like he was a little off last night. And I think once he got like flustered, he just kind of gave up and was just shooting threes whenever he had the chance. Yeah, it it did kind of seem like going into the game, like, I don't know. It, it's, I think you're right. I think LeBron, honestly, I think a lot of the series in general, I don't think LeBron hasn't been playing his best basketball, but it did kind of seem like, I don't know. Like it just seems without AD, like a lot of the role players and stuff, they are playing like they don't think they have as much of a chance. And so like, in like, you know, that can lead to LeBron trying to like force things and, and whatnot but yeah i don't know and that's so weird though because most of those role players weren't on the team when they won the championship like drummond and schroeder right they you'd think they'd be playing harder to win a championship but it it honestly looks like they don't care how does schroeder go over nine (laughs) and zero points that's incredible the amount of times he got blocked at the rim by jay crowder was ridiculous he would drive and, and even, just get absolutely stuffed. <laughs> even you're getting blocked, you're not making shots. He's not doing anything else either. He's the point guard, and he has one assist. Like, right. On. Yeah. Yeah, it's just bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, well, I don't even remember the other question. What was the second thing? I just couldn't stand it for all the ground time. Well, actually, you know, let's scratch it right now. Let's just keep talking about LeBron and the Lakers. So, let's say they lose this series, right? which mm-hmm. kind of looks inevitable, but, I mean, let's not count them out. Right. But let's say they lose. Do they add another star in, uh, in the offseason? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> but do you think, realistically, that they'll add another star, whether it's in free agency or trading for one or what? Just well, like- is this... Is this Anthony Davis' last year on his contract? No, he just signed a five-year contract, so he's there. For oh, the, you're right. He's there for the long run. I so if I'm looking at the Lakers roster, right? You have players that have potential in Kyle Kuzma. I mean, whatever you want to say about Caruso, he's there and he's the bronze hype man, basically. <laughs> you have Montrezl Harrell, who had a breakout season two years ago, or was it last season? Yeah, both. He won yeah. six man yeah. last year. Yeah, and then and then you also have on the other side of that, you also have Dennis Schroeder there, but then on the other side of that, you have old, not old, but like players that are past the prime. You have Andre Drummond, you have Marc Gasol, Jared Dudley still on the team, Ben <laughs> McLemore, and you just have players that like don't need to be on the roster anymore. And I'm not yeah. saying you have to add a star, just kind of go out and get pieces that aren't going to play for 20 minutes and put up five points. Right. Like get like a, a Jordan Clarkson or a, a, I don't know, just someone kind of like a sixth man role again, kind of like what Montrezl Harrell was two years ago. Get another guy like that now. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to hope that Schroeder, Kuzma, Caruso can step it up in the offseason. Yeah, I, I, this, before I, before I get into anything, I really feel like Schroeder could be. A really good player. Like I don't know what it is about him. I'm not even like a huge fan of the guy. I don't really know much about it. But just watching him play, 
and like just some of the plays he makes that he shows he's capable of. I just feel like if I just feel like he hasn't broke out yet, and he could, and I think that could be huge for the Lakers. But as far as adding a star, I do think, like thinking about how realistic it is, I think kind of like we were talking about, like LeBron is getting older, and like I was saying, I don't think he even wants to be the guy that has to try to score 40. Like, I don't think he wants that. Like, I think LeBron would be content just averaging, like, you know, obviously not like 10 points, like, you you know, but he doesn't, I don't think he feels like he needs to, like, win scoring titles and stuff like that. And so I think LeBron, if he does have that attitude, which to me, it looks like he does, I think that definitely increases the chances of it being realistic because it's just one less, like, ego to have to, to worry about, you know? So I, I could see it happening, honestly, especially if they lose this early in the playoffs. I think between the fans and management and stuff, they're going to have to feel like they need to do something big. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's a lot of pressure in L.A., especially yep. coming off of, especially not wasting LeBron's last couple of years in his prime. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy to say because he's, what, 35 now? 35 or 6, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, let's move on. Um well, let's talk. Let's talk about the game last night, the real game that was on NBA <laughs> TV that nobody could watch unless you had the NBA Game Pass. All right, yeah, down with the NBA. <laughs> the Trailblazers and Nuggets. Damian Lillard hits two clutch threes to send it not only into overtime, but he hit a second one to hit or to send it into double overtime. All in all, they ended up losing in double overtime, 147 to 140. And the Nuggets take a 3-2 series lead. But good God, mm-hmm. can someone double-team Damian Lillard? <laughs> like, holy crap. This guy's drilling threes all night. Set a, set a playoff record for the amount of threes he made. And nobody decides to double-team him until double overtime. The rest of his team couldn't in overtime and double overtime. He gets seventeen of his of the team's nineteen points. <laughs> like that's ridiculous. His whole team just shut down. What do you guys think is going to happen for the rest of this, rest of this series? So first of all, I think especially after last night's game, this has this is maybe maybe turned into is the best way to put it the most interesting series for me at this point um absolutely i think absolutely i I think that the last last night's game was i think it was promising for for the trailblazers right because like you know they didn't get blown out when it double overtime but i do think that realistically they lost in double overtime and Lillard played about as good as you can possibly play. And looking at like the rest of the team, I mean, no one had like a terrible game, and they still lost. So looking at it and and like from that point of view, I think it's kind of scary if you're a Portland fan because it's like, how, like can we really depend on Lillard to drop 55 again? And if, even if he drops 55, we're going to lose in double overtime. So. I think the Nuggets are going to take the series. Yeah, sadly, I'd rather have Portland win. 
But yeah, I, th- I think I think the Nuggets are, Nuggets are going to take the series, um, and I think it's a bummer because I think Portland could probably beat some teams that will make it to the second round um, and other spots in the playoffs and stuff. Okay, what do you think? Do you think they'll win this next game in Portland, or do you think they'll win it at home? Uh, I think they're going to lose the next game. Okay. Okay. So game yeah. seven then. Yep. All right. All right, Justin. What do you think? I think Damian Lillard is probably in at least in my lifetime that I've experienced, besides maybe LeBron, the coolest player to watch, and just the most exciting player to watch. Mm-hmm. Like if you like Dame times coming, you <laughs> just you know you're gonna get a show. And I think CJ McCollum and Nurkic need to pull their weight a little bit more. Honestly, yeah, because they both got outscored by Robert Covington. Robert Covington had 19 points. They each had 18 and 13, respectively. I just I just don't see Damian Lillard making it past this, this series, at least, without getting a different player in there besides CJ McCollum to be his number two. He'll never make it out of the first round again. I think this is peak Damian Lillard. I, I don't. I can't see him getting better. He's getting 50, 55 points a game. Like he, you can't get much better than this. Yeah, 12 and, for 17 from three. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it's tough to watch because he is one of the most exciting players. And maybe it is because he's in the West and he's playing a great Nuggets team. And I'm correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure they played. He played the Nuggets in in the playoffs two years ago, and it went into quadruple overtime. Was it was it the Nuggets? Uh, I know what you're talking about. I'm almost certain it was the Nuggets. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty sure it was. So obviously the Nuggets are the kryptonite. They need <laughs> they need to get into a position where they don't play them first round, and I think they'll get out of the first round, and hopefully by then the Nuggets will be gone and they can they can move forward. But it's just tough seeing Damian Lillard play so well and just not get rewarded for it. It's kind of like how Kemba was a few years ago back in. Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For like, sure. Got to get him some help. Yeah. And here's the thing. I want to get your guys' opinion on this. Willard has committed to Portland, unlike any other player I've ever seen, especially with the help that he does not get. CJ McCollum is a good player. Don't get me wrong. But oh my gosh, he played horrible at the end of the game last night. And especially with that last turnover stepping out of bounds when they're down by three with a minute left was just horrible. It was so tough to watch because I would almost bet, I would almost bet on the fact that that ball is going to Damian Lloyd and he's shooting for a three and tying it. And uh, just the disappointment that he has been is really hard to watch. And this duo had some expectations to be one of the best backcourts, and they have been in terms of scoring, but they need to they need to change it up. And they're not going to get rid of Damian Lillard. So they need to change it up with someone else. But we'll talk about that in the offseason. But, yep. I mean, I really don't think that Lillard gets the attention that he deserves. Because, I mean, when we talk about some of the best players in the league, Damian Lillard 
isn't normally on those lists. And I just want I just want to get your guys' opinion on if you think that he is getting the recognition from the media he deserves for his playoff performances. Let's start with Justin. I think to an extent. I think for if I'm an NBA analyst, I'm sitting up there right now. I think most former players recognize what he's doing. They're like, this guy's got it. He's doing what he needs to do. He just needs help. I think analysts that aren't former players are like, uh, you know, he's trying his best and like he's obviously putting on a show, but he needs to step up if he wants his team to win when that's really not the case. He's he's already stepped up. He's at that level. Most people that have played the game of basketball and respect the game know that he is at that level. And I wish more people respected him at that level. Like you said, you're saying top 10 players. He might be in there at like bottom half of that. When I would put him probably four or five in the game right now. Like There's not many people that I would pick over him. I, I think he's getting some of the recognition. I think he deserves more because he really is carrying this team. I can't see this team even being in the playoffs without him. So, yeah, those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, I think if I mean if I had to pick, I'd say he's definitely underrated. I think I mean people like I don't know. I feel like no one's really out, like going out saying that he's not like a great player, but I do think that he kind of like Cross you mentioned it. Like if people are talking about the best players in the NBA, I think it's pretty common for someone not to bring up Damian Lillard, right? And I yeah. think I think maybe that's kind of you know, like wrong, just looking at his stats. I mean, he averages this season, he was averaging 28.8 points, which was third in the NBA. And that's the thing, like a lot of people could score, but then he was averaging seven and a half assists too. And like in last night's game, I think it was, he had 10 assists, you know? And so it's not like he's, he's out there just scoring the ball and that's all he can do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would definitely say he's underrated. I would also say you guys, I, I think you'll agree with me, but if you don't, let me know. I would say, and, and not even just looking at last night, because I get that just happened and it's fresh in the brain, but I really do feel like Lillard is the most clutch player that I have ever watched. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with you. Might be the most clutch player of all time. He might be, and that's, I, it's hard because I don't I don't know like I didn't watch a lot of like Kobe growing up because like you know he, he just, we were too young and stuff but like dude I mean as far like as people I've watched there it's not even a thought if someone was like you have you have two seconds one shot to win the game immediately I'm thinking Damian Lillard that's who I want like right off the bat the only other players I could think of in that same sentence are Kobe Michael Jordan. And maybe Kevin Durant. Yeah. And I, I'd put, I'd definitely put Damian Lillard above Kevin Durant. I don't know about the other two, just because they're so great. But it's definitely those three. Damian Lillard, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant. Listen, yeah. listen, listen to these stats. So, from, from re- comparing regular season to postseason. Because when you're talking about clutch, I mean, yeah, you, you can be talking about a last second shot in you know a regular season game which is clutch but also i feel like you know what's more clutch than performing in the postseason right in the postseason so in the regular season for his career he was averaging 39 percent from three which is very good right 
postseason, 47.8. That's insane. That's absurd. That it's in, in I mean you look at his his um his points, regular season was twenty eight twenty eight point eight, postseason thirty five point six. I I mean this is like a this is more like a recency bias and they've only played what five games this series. But I mean over the course of all the playoffs, he's still averaging almost twenty six points in the playoffs per game. And yep. That's not just him just constantly scoring. He's averaging almost six and a half assists, too. So, I mean, he's just a he's a great point guard that isn't getting the recognition until right now just because of recency bias. But the thing is, I feel like he gets that recognition towards postseason, like first round. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And it happens like every year, like in the bubble. Everyone's like, oh, my God, dang. Yeah, and then like regular season's like ah yeah he's all right he's pretty good, <laughs> and then now we're postseason like oh Damian Lord, <laughs> you you are right that is kind of how it, how it goes, because in the bubble they were talk like everyone was talking about him how they're talking about him now <laughs> in the bubble. Yeah, right even with that. the even with the shot that sent the Thunder home in the playoffs, they did it then too, when he waved them goodbye and everyone tackled him. Yeah, that yep. was disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's always in the playoffs, and nobody talks about it. I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves at all. I'm with but, him. And he we'll move on from that. We'll move <laughs> on from that. <laughs> so I'll just get heated about it. All right. We're probably seeing the best series happen starting on Saturday, which is the Bucks and the Nets. I want your guys' expectations and predictions on how this series is going to go. I'll even start. I'll even start, all right? I see this going six games. Bucks are winning it at home in game six. Four to two. We'll say, that go, you, you, on, say that again. Say that again. I think Bucks win it at home in game six in okay. Milwaukee. They win the series four to two. Okay, okay. I want let's start with let's start with Josh. Let's start with Josh. What do we think about that? I think I think that my gut, my 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 instinct reaction is the Nets, right? Just because it's for obvious reasons, you know, the the trio. But I think the more that I think about it and I, you know, research like the the Bucks played the Nets towards the end of the regular season twice, and they beat them both times. And I get that's the regular season, you know, it's not, it's not the same. I I get that. But then also, if we compare the Celtics and the Heat, I feel like I mean they're obviously different teams, but as far as talent or skill, I would say fairly comparable, right? Would you guys like you know they're fairly comparable in talent, Celtics and Heat? Yeah, I would say I, can see that. I would say. When Jalen Brown went down, it became a lot more competitive between those two. Right. So yeah. So keeping that in mind too, the Bucks demolished the Heat. Right. Demolished them. The Celtics won a game. Right. They got a game in the series, and like I said, the Bucks beat them twice in the regular season, which maybe that doesn't mean anything, but I think that the Bucks 
are going to win the series. And I'm thinking it's going to be, man, I don't, ah, do I want to say it? I want to say 4-1. Ooh. I thought I was high on him. <laughs> I think you're both sniffing something. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm picking the Nets in, Nets in five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. I think they're going to win the first game. I think the Bucks are going to come back and win the second game. And then that's you're gonna roll on the next three, and here's why: one, first game, the trio is gonna go off, and the Bucks just won't know how to stop it yet. They're gonna recoup, they're gonna figure out their plan. Second game, they're gonna have the answer. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good battle though. It's gonna be down to the wire. Bucks will get the last couple possessions and win it. Game three, it's gonna be a good battle till about halftime. Giannis is gonna get injured. Ooh. Yeah, not oh, not no. like severe, not severely. <laughs> he'll come, he'll end up coming back, but it'll be enough for him to leave the game because they're they're playing cautious. The Nets will win by like twenty five because you're just not gonna be able to stop that. Next game, Giannis comes back, but he's on a more restrictive role because they don't want to ruin him yet, and it'll be a good fought battle. James Harden's going to go off for about fifty five. And Kyrie's going to have another 40. Kevin Durant's going to be the background player there. Wow. And then last game, they're going to be like, screw it. Go all out, Giannis. It's going to go into overtime. And Joe Harris is going to win. He's going to make the game-winning shot. Wow. Joe Harris. <laughs> yeah, so they're all going to be thinking the trio, but no, give it to Joe. So let me ask you a question now. Theoretically, if you take out Giannis getting hurt out of that situation, do you think that, like, what does that change in your, your theory if Giannis that, stays healthy? That just makes it a longer series. I'll just put the Nets yeah. at, like, six or seven. I, okay. I can't see the Nets losing to this team only because I think, like, kind of what we said earlier, I think the East is weaker, a weaker conference. I think when the Bucks did play the Nets, the Nets weren't at full strength or they won't sh- weren't showing their full capacity. And I think right now how the Nets are playing with the the chemistry between the three, I, I feel like I think the biggest worry going into the season was how is Kevin Durant going to perform coming off the injury, and mm-hmm. the second second biggest injury was can these three players play together because they're all pretty ball ball centered players. Yeah, they all kind of need that. The only one I would say that isn't really is Kyrie, but that's debatable. <laughs> right. And, I think when they the three of them play together, it's just it, it seems fluid, it seems natural, and I think that's one of the biggest things that a team needs in order to win an NBA championship is to have that good chemistry. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I expected Kyrie to be a little a little salty about James Harden coming because James Harden was gonna be the point guard and Kyrie was gonna be the off ball guy, and I really didn't expect Kyrie to enjoy that because. He likes being the point guard. He's he's okay with not scoring, as long as he is the ball handler. So when James Harden took over as a point guard, I thought that it would create some bad blood. But Kyrie is probably doing better off ball. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was the bad blood between him and the Celtics, so he wanted to play a lot better. But this chemistry between the three of them is actually ridiculous. They're they're so good together. 
but they haven't faced a real defense. Regular season defense is a lot different than playoff defense, and the Bucks are going to go toe-to-toe and match up with them perfectly because Middleton will be on Kyrie. James Harden will be guarded by Drew Holiday. And Giannis will be on Durant. See, I would switch. The role players. I would switch. Sorry. Okay. I, I would no, switch no, James good. Harden and Kyrie defenders there. I would think that uh, Drew Holiday would guard Kyrie. And Chris would be on James Harden. I just think Drew will play on the on the top point. That's fair. And just because James Harden is going to be more of the ball handler, he's going to be the one that's running the offense. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, it could be, it could be the other way around. But I, re- I really think that this will be a really, really close series that the Bucks just, Bucks just get. See, they here, find he, here, here's a, a a theory going the other direction of Giannis getting hurt, right? What if? Let's say, let's say game one or two, the Bucks are shooting the ball really well, the Nets aren't, and the Bucks dominate them, right? Kind of like how the Suns did to the Lakers last night. Let's say that happens. In, in game one? Game one or two, early on in the series. Game one okay. or two. Let's say that happens. Could, I, personally, I could picture it. But can you picture the chemistry between the Nets? burning to the ground if they get blown out by 30. All I'm saying is all I see is Draymond yelling at KD, right? <laughs> I see Harden yelling at people. I don't know. I'm just saying that that's an alternative theory. If Giannis stays healthy and the Nets lose, lose a big game, maybe that chemistry goes away. It could happen. It could, it could happen because there's, there's a lot it. of egos. There's a lot of egos and a lot yeah. of people that want to shoot the ball. And have they really been tested yet? Like the Celtics, I mean, you know what I mean? Celtics are a fine team. I don't know if that if they've really been tested. Yeah, I just think I just think that that game that they lost, it was just kind of like a regular season game. Like they didn't really care about it because they were up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they knew they were gonna win, and Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum just went off that game. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They were fine with it. It wasn't like a must win situation. So I don't think we really learned anything from that series. But, I mean, I think from the outside looking in, I think a lot of people see the Nets as this villainous team, like how the Warriors were viewed when Kevin Durant went there, too. Like, they didn't want to see them win because they didn't want a super team to win. And I think a lot of people have the same mentality about the Nets even before they win a championship. So everyone's rooting for someone to take them down, and I think that's going to help the Bucs. Yeah, I agree with that. Especially the three player, the three stars on this team, they're three of the more right. <laughs> despised players in the league. Yeah, like Kevin Durant, yeah. the snake, James Harden's the ball hog guard who gets fouled. Kyrie's the wacko that believes the earth's flat and all this stuff. Yeah, they had, <laughs> like, they had haters when they were not on the same team. Yeah, <laughs> like, so yeah, like, yeah. having them all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's move on to the question of the day. We're talking about expansion teams. So about mid-season, Adam Silver said that they're going to seriously consider expansion teams, not for the 2022 season, but for the 2023. 
And the decision will probably be made in the offseason this year. There's a lot of speculation that they'll go to 32 teams just because that's how the NFL is. And that makes logical sense. (laughs) (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because they'll just add one to each side and they might have to move around some teams, which which is fine, which is fine. Yeah. But if they add to what cities do you guys want to see? I'll start. I'll start. I really want to see Pittsburgh. I knew it. <laughs> I really want to see a Pittsburgh team. I love Pittsburgh sports, except for the Pirates. Not a fan, not a fan of the Pirates. But that's neither here nor there. If I had to pick a second one, I think Vegas is a great option just because it's Vegas. Raiders went there. Raiders went there. They're going to have a full packed stadium this year with yeah. a nightclub in one end zone, <laughs> which is lit. And yeah, I think they can do a lot and gain a lot of money just from the tourism fans that come and watch games. I think that'd be a perfect place to have another team. All right, let's go with let's go with Justin next. Okay, so I have three options. One is a very practical one, and I think what most people would want to see is a team going back to Seattle. Makes sense. I I'm not mad at that. I I can see it happening. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I like it. Kind of a off the cuff kind of strange one but i also can see happening just because of how the nba has been progressing these past 10 years having a team either in london or in mexico city Mm, i'm not mad at that that'd be cool i'm not either i I like i feel like they could easily convince a team to at least play in mexico just because time zones are still similar yeah and it it broadens the uh, international awareness and gets all those fans in so that would be a good business move. And then another team, if I'm in the East, bring another team to Chicago. Right? Okay. Yeah, okay. you got two teams in LA. Why not put two teams in Chicago? Or uh, And you have two teams in New York. Put another team in Chicago. Represent the Midwest. Come on. I like those. Okay. okay. All right, Josh, what about you? So, Cross, you said you were going first. I, I knew it was going to happen because... <laughs> One of mine was Pittsburgh, and I knew you were going to say Pittsburgh, but I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with it because my, my, my reasoning is different. Pittsburgh, because I'm, I'm not a Pittsburgh fan, but Pittsburgh, I would say, at least within the NFL, the Steelers fans are, or, or they do seem to be, very invested, which, if you, you know, that's, that's what you want. Even even if I'm not a Pittsburgh fan, if they had a team in the NBA, if you if you're creating a new team in the NBA, I want the team to have fans, and you know it's just more exciting that way. So we're dying hard fans. Yeah, that's why I'd say Pittsburgh. But also another reason I'd say Pittsburgh is because the second team or the second place, Baltimore. Ooh. Now the the biggest reason the biggest reason for this, in my opinion, the one of the most exciting things about any sport, right? And to, to me, it's the same reason that the Wizards 76er series was worth watching at all, is it was the, the beef and the rivalry between Westbrook and Embiid, right? So I think if you're creating two expansion teams, 
I think that creating two teams that you know ahead of time, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, Crouch, you know this, right? They're, they're, they're not going to get along. Right. Absolutely. So I think Pittsburgh, Baltimore, creating those two teams, and then you know for a fact there's going to be two rival teams right there. And I think that's good for the NBA. I think it's exciting. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of NFL fans just because those two teams would be added yeah. would jump on board and watch just for those games specifically, which is fine, which could get people invested in the sport again. Yep. You're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. So fine. my question would be if you add both those teams, so that's two teams in the East, what team the would East. you move over to the West? Yeah. Oh, yep. Would you oh, Minnesota? Well, Minnesota is already in the West. Oh my God, you're right. Ignore me. It would have to be. It would have to be Milwaukee, and oh my gosh, it almost have to be the Bulls. Imagine. Yeah, that's that's hard to see them doing. Pelicans are in the West, aren't they? Yeah. God, no, I just suck right now. Throw, <laughs> throw the Bulls. Throw the Bulls. Say you just go over there, and then you're fine. Who cares? Put put the Bulls in the West. I could almost see them moving the Pacers over rather than the Bulls just because of the history that the Bulls have in the East. That is true. That's probably more likely. Yeah. And the Pacers don't have the legacy behind them. So I could see them moving rather than the Bulls. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, even like New Orleans and uh, like Memphis are in the West and probably shouldn't be. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Which is so crazy to me because there's teams on east of the Mississippi that are in the west. It, it, it makes no region. sense. No, it doesn't. It makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. There's no logic involved. <laughs> now, what if they split it into three different conferences? Oh, I hope not. That'd be weird. <laughs> I wouldn't like that at all. I hope not. They would have to change the entire landscape. Entire landscape of the NBA. Yeah, I, I, that, I, they got to go to four. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, sure. yeah, ugh, God, I hope they don't do that. I'd be so upset. Honestly, I wouldn't mind for it. You have Midwest, South, East Coast, West Coast. I just like keeping it simple. Yeah. Even, even if there's no logic. <laughs> East, West. <laughs> That's fine. Well, I mean, even like the NFL doesn't make any sense in terms of their divisions. Right. Not at all. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I guess it really doesn't matter too much if you move a team. I mean, they obviously That's just can't true. be on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't you can't put New York in the West. Yeah. All right, let's uh, move on to uh, Justin's segment. Uh, the what's happening today in sports history. All right, so this is just a little little thing. You guys don't have to react too much to it, but on this <laughs> in, in sports history, in 1941, the legendary New York Yankee first baseman Lou Gehrig died. He earned the nickname the Iron Horse for setting the MLB record for most consecutive games played at 2,130. That's since been passed by uh, Calvin Jr. But uh, the only reason his streak ended was when he voluntarily removed himself from the lineup due to his battle with ALS. And he was also the first baseball player to have his uniform number four retired. That's so crazy because even with like the ALS Ice Bucket Challenge, they didn't really change the name of ALS until, because I mean, it used to be like Lou Gehrig's disease. Like, that's how it was known. Yeah. So, like, when the Ice Bucket Challenge came out, everyone knew of ALS and stuff like that. 
So it's just crazy that like we know more about ALS, like our generation, because of the Ice Bucket Challenge. But Lou Gehrig was the reason that everyone else knew about it. Yeah. He also yeah. died when he was only 37 years old. So he could have definitely played a few more seasons. And That's yeah. so crazy. That's so crazy. That's interesting. Just a little fact of the day. Well, all right, guys, that wraps up today's episode. Uh, we're going to do a special episode for this weekend. Um, we're going we're gonna to call it a hypothetical, a hypothetical day. Uh, I'm not going to give you much information about it. Uh, it's just going to be a surprise weekend podcast. All right, guys, that's it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Stringers3RD. That's at Stringers3RD. And on Instagram, Third Stringers Podcast, 3RD Stringers Podcast. Thanks, guys. See you this weekend. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.